Hey friends, you're listening to Whole Heart with Monica C. Guidry, a place where you can discover your purpose, your passion, and a place to get tips to get zest for your life back. Keep listening. Every Monday and Thursday, new uploads and tons of laughs right here. Hey friends, welcome to Whole Heart. This is Monica C. Guidry, and I'm so glad you're tuning in. And as always, as like I say every show, this is unedited, unscripted. So what you get is what you get. Everything is live and in real time. And today I wanted to do a follow-up of a show that was very popular. You guys loved it. It was the very first show that I actually did. And it was How Quarantine Healed Me of Rejection. I think a lot of you guys got pulled in just because of the title. <laughs> and um, I was on there and I was talking about rejection and abandonment issues that I had pretty much dealt with my entire life. And it wasn't until quarantine when I had to like really stop and face that I was broken in some areas of my life and just allow God to heal me. Um, so, and I gave you like practical stuff, <laughs> um, some spiritual stuff that I did, but I wanted to have an expert come on and share with you guys um, from a clinical standpoint, from a professional standpoint on some things to kind of help you un unearth what rejection is and maybe give you some tools to begin the process of inner healing um, in a sense. Her name is Linda Malaris. She is a pastor um, at Oasis City Church. She is also um, a, a counselor, a psychologist, and um, she does a lot of inner healing. She has a ministry called, I'll let her talk. Well, it's called Restore Ministries, and it is an umbrella ministry for several different types of ministry from inner healing, um, deliverance, it could be counseling, mentoring, coaching in areas. It's just the idea that people need more than just a conversation sometimes. They need people to help them walk through what they're going through. And though I do believe that Jesus can heal us instantly, Sometimes um, we have to walk through our healing and get to a better place because we've created some atmosphere around us out of our brokenness that now we have to deal with. So even though we may not see it the same way, we may not feel the same way, we may need to build, rebuild some relationships with people our, and even with ourselves and how to handle ourselves that are more positive. So we do all of that. That is so good. And I have to let you guys know that I've actually gone through um, part of the inner healing, which was, um, I've done Sozo before. And then the deeper one was um, um, a, a branch off of Restoring the Foundation. And it was called, what was it, what was it called? It's that called Issue Focus Ministry. And we basically deal with one specific issue that you kind of feel like you keep coming back to it. You think you've gotten over mm -hmm. it. You think you're dealt with it. But once again, it's like you keep going around the same mountain. Mm -hmm. And so we dive deep into what is the true source mm -hmm. of that issue and kind of um, with the help of the Holy Spirit, mm -hmm. help you um, restore the foundations in your life so that yeah. you can build from there. So then what will you um, say to people that are, first of all, what is rejection? What is rejection? I don't think I've ever had anyone ask it in that way. <laughs> But if I were to give it a definition, it is the feeling or perceived feeling 
that you are not wanted mm -hmm. in a situation or with a people group or um, with a uh, within a, a system of some sort. That's so good. Um, so now that we know what rejection is by definition, I like your definition. How can people um, determine whether or not they're walking in or operating in or out of rejection? Well, I think one of the things that people have to first recognize is the rejection that they're feeling. Is it self-rejection? That's so good. Is it perceived rejection? Is it indirect direct, um, rejection? There's different types of rejection. And once you recognize that, self-rejection, are you rejecting a part of you? Yeah. Because you don't feel like if people knew the real you, they would still love you. Mm -hmm. That's self-rejection. Yeah. Um, perceived rejection. Are you projecting on other people? You think that they don't accept you. So then you respond out of your thought that that person or those people mm -hmm. don't like you. That's perceived rejection. And then indirect rejection. Indirect rejection is when someone in your life, um, it, it, it's revolved around neglect. Maybe mm -hmm. they're not saying that they don't want you around, but they don't seem to remember that you're there or that you have needs. And so it's not that they're blatantly telling you you're not wanted, mm -hmm. but their actions are, um, definitely letting you know that I'm not welcome in this space. What would you, what, okay, so now that we've, we've covered like the foundation of those things, um, I guess my question is how, how does a person begin to, to recognize, okay, this is a me thing or, you know, to, to begin to, to recognize what stage or what, what type of rejection they're they're operating out of well first of all you have to recognize that rejection starts at infancy mm. okay wow. that there is a building block for the feelings of rejection from the time a baby is born all they want is to be cared for mm. and so if a parent or caregiver is not caring for um, the child they're going to begin to develop a sense of rejection and not even realizing it. Um, the parent doesn't realize it. Um, we, we saw a increase in um, children suffering from rejection from the whole work at home movement that happened not too long ago. Because imagine being three or four, your parents are working from home, but they can't play with you when you want them to play with you. Wow. It's not intended rejection, but a three-year-old doesn't recognize mommy's at work right now, daddy's at work right now, I can't play with you. And they can begin to um, internalize feelings of rejection without having a name for it. So rejection happens very early and rarely is it, is it intentional. I don't, I, there's very few people, now there are some you know, there are some that just, they did not want to be parents or caregivers. Yeah. And from the jump, they let you know they didn't want that. But for the most, most of the time, it's totally out of a misunderstanding, not recognizing, not seeing what little things can cause. Um, I remember when I was going through my inner healing process, and one of the things that I had to recognize that was a, a rejection for me mm -hmm. was where I, I was voiceless. 
Um, I did not share my opinions yeah. because of fear, one, they'd be rejected. Mm -hmm. um, I was really good at over-spiritualizing it, you know. Um, if you ask me for my opinion, I will give it to you, but, you know, mm -hmm. if you don't ask, I won't give it. And I, during going through inner healing and as the Holy Spirit, like, where did this come from? I had no idea. It came from a kindergarten class situation where um, I had been asking the teacher to go to the restroom, to the bathroom. She was putting me off, mm -hmm. not thinking that it was a desperate situation. It was a desperate situation. Sure. I did the most horrible thing, had the accident in front yeah. of my classmates. And I internalized this feeling, my voice doesn't matter. Oh my. Take care of yourself. You keep it together, you do what you have to do because wow. people don't listen. And so did the teacher mean that? Absolutely not. Mm -hmm. She had no idea when I finally was brave enough to say I have to go to the bathroom, I meant I got yeah. to go to the bathroom <laughs> right now. Yeah. But I ended up living my life out of that, not even realizing it. And so I think what people have to begin to do is really um, evaluate and don't be afraid to go back mm -hmm. to be able to go forward. Mm -hmm. um, we don't like to take the band-aids off because we have worked really hard <laughs> mm -hmm. to self-regulate, to um, create the environment that we feel comfortable in. Yeah. And to take that, take those blinders off and say, I'm gonna look at my past and my history. Yeah. It hurts. Yeah. You know, it's like ripping that scab off of a wound and then you gotta start over again. But to really deal with rejection, yeah. it did not start, even though it may feel like it started when you lost your job. Mm -hmm. It may feel like it started when you got the divorce or this happened or that happened. Probably not. Mm you've probably been walking in a feeling of, am I really accepted and loved and supported? Am I really yeah. from a very early age? And if we aren't, um, and it's brave, it is, it's brave, it's, being it, brave. If we're not brave enough to be willing to be vulnerable and say, Holy Spirit, take me where you want me to go. Yeah. With a safe person, I'm not saying get vulnerable with your neighbor down the street, you sure, know, sure. but you have to be willing to do that and uh, be willing to not let any rock not be unturned, mm -hmm. okay? Just dissect it, Lord. Take me where I need to go because this started somewhere yep. and I'm gonna keep facing, most likely for most people, perceived rejection. Yeah. Because for some reason we think that we're mind readers mm -hmm. and I can read what you're thinking about me. Mm. <laughs> not, not necessarily true. true. So, so what are some things that you see or, or would a person recognize happening um, in their lives that point to rejection? So what are some of the things that come up in a person um, that's dealing with rejection? Feeling lost in a, a room full of people, mm -hmm. you know? Um, when you're going, when you tend to go someplace and you just don't really feel like, how do I get into this conversation or... I'm concerned about getting into that conversation. I think for girls, it starts really with appearances because let's just face it, we have grown up in a society where what you look like matters more than anything else. Yeah. And um, we start that very young. So 
how do you look at yourself? Because most people who struggle with rejection, we tend to reject ourselves first. Yeah. Um, very high standards of uh, what I should be able to accomplish mm -hmm. and haven't. Mm -hmm. We're really hard on ourselves. And if you're really hard on yourself, you probably, there's a seed of rejection there. Yeah. Whether or not you've yet to sense it other people to you because you've been really good at mm -hmm. keeping game face on and being everything yeah. to everybody. But it's, it's actually a um, symptom of, you know, I have to be everything for everybody because I don't believe in me wholeheartedly. So how could you believe in me wholeheartedly? Wow. I, one of the things that I was doing a lot of was building a whole bunch of walls and a whole bunch of layers. Mm -hmm. So I would only let people in so far yeah. because I didn't want people mm -hmm. to, to like see who I really was. And it's a it's a defense mechanism. Yeah. It's a safety net. Yeah. You know? um, it's scary to let people in because we can't read their minds and know what they're yeah. thinking. Mm -hmm. And anytime someone gets close, they're going to see the flaws. Right. And if we've grown up in homes or we've been around enough people, period, we see how people talk, yeah. look at other people, whether it's a joke yeah. or not a joke. I, I don't know who first said it, so I'll take credit, but there's a little bit of truth in every joke that's being said. Yes, I, I, don't, that. I don't care who, what the joke mm -hmm. is. If someone says it, there's probably a little bit of truth there, mm -hmm. and that's their passive-aggressive way of saying what they really think right and nobody wants wants that you yeah. know I uh, one of the things that I I found myself very uncomfortable around people who made fun of other people mm -hmm. um, I, I didn't know why that made me uncomfortable even when I would <laughs> laugh at the joke when inside I'm going oh can we change the conversation mm -hmm. because I my in the back of my mind I couldn't right. help but think so what do you say about me when I'm not here the yeah. day that I don't put myself together mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and I come somewhere a little busted <laughs> you know <laughs> what are you saying <laughs> um, if you could see me right now guys <laughs> listen listen we all have our good days and bad days oh, um, and we do need people who, who will speak in their life and say, sweetheart, mm -hmm. let's work on this. Yeah. That's a good thing. Yeah. It is a good thing. But that comes with a lot of trust and knowing that even when that person is telling you how it is, mm -hmm. they are 100% doing it because they love you. So how does a person get to the place of saying, okay, I, I recognize that there is there is a, an issue, there's a problem here. I need, I need fixed, for lack of a better word. Um, how or what should a person do once they've discovered that, they're, that, they're, that that is an issue and it needs to be healed? Oh, um, I would say, first of all, recognize Everybody has issues and Say everybody that. needs healed. Say okay? that. Yes. Um, the person who looks the most put together is probably the most broken in the group. I'm just, you know, yeah, okay. I, I've learned that over time. So first of all, be okay with the fact that you need help. Yeah. Be okay with that. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I, I was, I've been teaching about what true Sabbath is and that it's been 
um, taken away from the church, what a Sabbath really is and that those rests. Yes. And one of the things that the Lord has spoke to me, he said, do you think as the creator of the universe, I rested on the seventh day because I was tired? <laughs> I did it because I was setting a precedent, you know? And I feel the same way about inner healing. So um, good. We go to the dentist twice a year because we know it's healthy for us mm -hmm. to get our teeth cleaned by a professional. I am sure everyone listening to this podcast brush their teeth every day, mm -hmm. <laughs> right? Right. But you still have to go to the dentist and have that hygienist do a deep clean and get to places that you just can't get to. That's right. So what I would say is find a place that you can go mm -hmm. where you know it's confidential and let them go to the deep places. I would encourage you, who, who is your best bud? Who is that person in your life? Right. And say, let's do this together. Mm -hmm. You may have totally different issues, but like there's something safe about you've done this process and I've done this process. Mm -hmm. Now let's talk about it. Yeah. You know? <laughs> exactly. And all of a sudden now you have this, okay, I know I can feel even tight because you went through the whole, this whole thing too. But I, I believe that every person Mm -hmm. you know really needs to go through a deep inner healing session and yeah. just see what's in there where the roots are because you can't fix what you don't know is broken mm -hmm. and we've got to get to the root of things oftentimes what we do is we deal with the symptoms of things yeah and you when you deal with a symptom you feel good for a little while mm -hmm. but we haven't dealt with the root, so mm -hmm. that weed is gonna grow back again. Mm -hmm. So you gotta get down deep in there. So I would say that'd be the first thing. Find someone or some way of doing that would be number one, because even if you go to talk to someone, mm -hmm. a counselor, being a trained counselor, we're taught to help you self, you know, mm -hmm. process. Yeah, We're gonna help lead you, mm -hmm. we're gonna see things, you know right but when those walls are so high and so thick it could take you months to see something yeah that if you allow yourself to be led in the spirit mm -hmm. um the holy spirit reveals what he wants to heal that's right and then when you go to the counselor <laughs> listen this is exactly what the problem is you <laughs> so know? you heard that guys there is absolutely nothing wrong with going and seeing a counselor go to a counselor i see a therapist i yes. do i see a therapist once a month <laughs> because i hear a lot of people's stuff i go through my own stuff yes. my marriage has gone through stuff I have teenagers, people. That's yes. enough stuff right there. Hello. <laughs> you know? Hello. Um, and I need an objective person who's not in the mix of my mess mm -hmm. to help me process through it. One thing that I have learned is your girlfriends love you. And you have to realize that when I go to my girlfriend and I t tell them about, do you know what <laughs> so-and-so did to me? Right. My girlfriend's job is to empathize with me and care about me. So guess what? Now she's also mad at the person who did whatever it is to me, right? right. And I'm gonna get over it. I had this blowout fight with my husband. Mm -hmm. I'm gonna be over it and my girlfriend is still gonna be mad. Let's and hope she gets over it. <laughs> and then she's gonna be looking at my husband like, mm-hmm, I know what happened last Thursday. And she may be over it, but I'm not. Mm -hmm. But when you go to a counselor, they're unbiased. Yeah. And 
they can hear what's on your heart, help you process through it. I still did, yeah. Um, and get you to the other side without you taking them into your mud too. So there's got to be a balance. You've got to, you want to have those girlfriends or guy friends, I'm going to this, shouldn't be biased here, <laughs> um, that you can open up and talk to. That's right. But you, I, I think most of us need someone too that's totally objective. That's right. As I well. need that. Well, I know we can't talk forever. Yes, and I know we can. this is a, a we, we actually can because we are friends. Um, for those of you are, that are listening at home and you are in um, Columbus, Ohio, or surrounding suburbs, um, you can reach out to Lynn Thimelares at uh, Lynn, L Y N N E, at oasiscitychurch.com. And I do inner healing sessions via Zoom as well as live. So even if you're not oh, local, so yeah. it's a little different because we're not face to face, but you know, there are ways you can do that as well. So you heard that. I mean, I know I have listeners from all over because I did analytics and <laughs> you guys are everywhere. Yay. So um, thank you for, for tuning in and listening. And if you need uh, additional resources on how to uproot rejection and I believe abandonment has some attachment with that. Very as well. much so. Um, if you're dealing with anything like that, you have her information. I'll make sure that I put some um, some links to her information as well, uh, so that you can reach out to her and you can kill this thing and become and become whole in this area. Our whole thing is we want to work towards wholeness. And you know, my favorite thing to say is whole hearts are joyful hearts, and that's what we're after. Is that so? Thank you for listening to whole heart with Monica C. Guidry and I look forward to talking to you again soon. Bye.